So yeah, hey everyone, I'm Kelsey. <laughs> hey Jen. And I serve on the kids team at Everlife. Um, and as Dan was saying before, this series um, is really exciting because we get to launch really strong into 2021. Like Dan was saying, we've got six amazing speakers um, speaking into that. So we hope you guys get something from that. Um, um, yes, so I want to speak today about something that I'm really passionate about. Something that if you can apply to your life, will just set you up and you will just have this incredible life and journey with God. I believe that there, this is the key. This is the key to having that um, amazing journey with God. So we'll get right into it. Um, yeah, as we were talking you know, earlier this week, we've had like such an amazing time with Christmas. It's such an awesome time to spend with your family and your friends. Um, it's a time that I, I love, you know, going down south, being with my family. And one thing that we love to do is we love playing card games. It's like our tradition. So for our adults, we play a card game called Canasta. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. Yeah, come on, let's go. It's the best game. But for the little kids, we play a card game called Go Fish. Who's heard of Go Fish? Yep, cool. So it's something that's a little bit simpler, but I'm going to explain it to you guys anyway. So Go Fish is a game where you each get five cards, and what happens is one person asks um, the other person for a certain number, so say it's a two. And if that person has a two, they have to give it to that person, and you make a pair, and then you put it down on the table. If they don't have a two, they say Go Fish, and you have to pick up a card from the pile. So. Um, it's a pretty cool game. Uh, my nieces love it. And I'm going to explain, I'm going to talk you guys through this analogy of Go Fish. Because essentially, Go Fish is like surrender. And I'm going to walk you guys through it today. So, with Go Fish, you take it in turns asking people for cards. You take it in turns asking what numbers they have so you can, you know, make your pairs and you can, that's how you win the game. So essentially, surrender with God is like this. God asks us what we're holding on to so that we can give it up to him and we can lay it on the table. But why does God ask us to surrender? What does that even mean? You know, it's one of the concepts that I've really struggled with this year. I was like, if God loves us so much and he wants to bless us with good things, um, why, does, why does he invite us to surrender? You know, surrender can be painful, it can be hard. Um, why can't God just keep the blessings coming? Why do, we, why do we have to go through that journey of surrendering to him? Um, and yeah, why does it have to hurt? Why do we have to give up anything at all? And I just want to take us to this verse in Romans 12.1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, in the Old Testament times, they had to sacrifice animals. Um, with like according to God's law but we live in the New Testament times under a new covenant and we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore instead God invites us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice every day but even that doesn't sound that great right no one likes giving up the cards in their hand no one likes surrendering it doesn't feel good you're giving up something that you don't want to give up yet that's what God invites us into so why does he do that and that brings me to my first point because to win the game of go fish you have to make the most pairs. You have to take the card from your hand and pair it with the card that you've received and lay it down on the table. We have to surrender parts of our lives that God calls us out on so that we can pair our weaknesses with his strengths and remove the weight that was holding us down so that we, he can give us something, something new, something fresh. 
Later on in verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. God's pleasing, God's, his good, perfect and pleasing will. Our minds can't be transformed if we're still holding on to worldly things like pride, jealousy or hate. You know, you can't receive the card of humility if you're still holding on to the, the card of pride in your hand. You can't receive trust if you're still holding on to the card of jealousy. And you can't receive love if you're still harboring hate in your heart. We have to surrender these cards. We have to pair them with God so that we can be, they can be laid out on the table before us. You know, it was actually this time last year that my whole journey with God changed. I just surrendered my job, a job that I absolutely loved. And I, I suddenly quit this job because I kept falling into sin. You know, we all have a vice. Each of us have something that we really struggle with in our lives. Um, for some people, it's drugs, drinking, pornography, or hanging out with the wrong crowd. But for me, it was guys. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something that it was like, that was my vice. I found myself, I'd find myself suddenly caught up in these relationships that weren't good for me. And it wasn't because they were horrible people. It's just because they led me away from God. And I kept getting caught up in this cycle. As I got rid of one, another one would come on the scene and off i go again. But at the same time, I wanted to find someone to marry who I could spend the rest of my life with. But I wasn't going to find that while I was still holding on to my relationship card. I needed to give that to God. I needed to surrender that to him, not only by telling God that I wanted him to take the reins of my relationship, but to practically do something, to actually cut off those people that were in my life that weren't good for me. I had to take those physical steps because God can't give you his relationship card if he's still holding on to yours. This is my second point. Life is a constant game of go fish with our father. With, the, with go fish, the tricky part of the game is that you're constantly drawing up new cards. So you may be asked to give up the same card again. Even if you've already given up that card a long time ago, if someone asks for that card again, we have to give it up. And it's the same with God. He may continue to ask us for the same card over and over again, and we may have to continue to surrender that same card. We might think that once it's surrendered, that, yeah, that, that's it. But we know that's not how sin works. We know that we tend to repeat the same patterns over and over again. And sometimes it does hurt. It's painful letting go. It's painful letting go of pride. But what would you prefer? Harboring pride in your heart or to receive the, the peace and freedom that come with humility? You know, pride is a card that I have to surrender daily because the second it comes in, it destroys my relationships. And relationships is what God made us for. And it, pride destroys the very essence of that. You know, we are called to be in a constant state of surrender to God. We are called to be in a constant game of go fish with our Father. You know, it took me about a year to break out of that cycle. It was painful, it was long, and I would beat myself up every single time I'd find myself back in that space. But the thing was, I'd already given my life to God, so I had His strength, I had His hope. So every single time I fell down, I picked myself back up, and I tried again. And I surrendered that to God. I asked for his strength and I just gave it my best shot. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Those things are not from God. And the thing is that after persisting for that long, breakthrough came. You know, after surrendering my relationship card to, to him, he blessed me with peace. I'd finally managed to draw that line in the sand and slam the door shut. You know, persistence 
and knowing that there's always something to surrender to God is how God's created us to be. It's powerful. Point three, the best thing about Go Fish is that we get to ask him for cards. We get to ask if he has a five or an eight for us. We get to ask these things of him, and sometimes he might tell us to go fish. But other times, he might give us exactly what we ask for. I find that the times when God tells me to go fish are the times when he actually has something even better planned for me. And you know, I can't see what God's got planned for me right now, but I know that it's the best life I could possibly live. And right now, I'm watching God open doors that I never dreamed would open. And it's incredible. You know, the, se- the second I surrendered my plans to him, he met me in my surrender. He created rivers in my wilderness. And let me tell you, this life, where I am right now, is far better than I could have ever dreamed. But it had to come from surrendering my own dreams, my own desires, and my entire mind for that to happen. As soon as I quit my job and I drew that line in the sand, God told me that if I could wait six months, that's something would happen. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh yeah, this sounds pretty good. I'm pretty keen. Um, And then about May this year, I started praying for a husband. And a month after that, exactly six months after I quit my job, I found myself completely overwhelmed with thoughts of this guy. (laughs) I couldn't get him off my mind. I felt like God was calling us together and it just made sense. But I had no idea whether this guy felt the same about me or not, whether he was interested. So I I prayed often to take him off my mind, actually, thinking it was just too crazy. I just couldn't do it. Um, But it was really hard because I realised that I was already completely in love with him and the thought of living a life without him was really painful. But if there's anything that I learned, it was to surrender my desire to be with him to God, to give God back the relationship card that I picked up again and then ask God, ask him, because we can ask God for things that this guy would like me to. And the following week, my now fiancé asked me out. But none of this would have happened if I'd kept my own cards, if I hadn't taken that somewhat terrifying step of quitting my job, if I hadn't surrendered my desire for a relationship, and if I hadn't prayed and asked God for more. So my first point was you have to make pairs. You have to give something to receive something. And every promise in the Bible requires an action that's normally in the form of surrender. Number two is life is a constant game of go fish with the Father. We're constantly drawing up new cards. And we're invited to surrender these to God on a daily basis. Number three is we get to ask God for his cards. You know, God wants us to lay aside our desires and put all our energy and resources at his disposal to trust him to guide us. We do this out of gratitude of what he did for us. You know, we are so grateful for what we've done that this is our response, is to physically get on our knees and surrender our lives to him. I believe that one of the most powerful verses in the Bible that demonstrates Jesus' surrender is in Mark 14, 35-36, when Jesus was about to be crucified for our sins. It says this, Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Despite his desires, despite his own suffering and pain, in that moment, he still surrendered his own will. He still asked God for what he wanted, but he surrendered it. He surrendered his own, cards for God, his own card for God's card. And imagine the power released in that moment. We know the impact that Jesus dying on the cross has had for us. It's incredible. So think about your greatest dreams and desires. And then know that with full surrender over those dreams, what new thing God can do in your life if you just let go. 
It's way better in God's hands than ours. You know, I, didn't, I don't want my own relationship card. I want God's relationship card. We might think we know what's best for us, but, but what can we know? God's the one that created us, and he loves you. When we surrender our lives completely to God, I guarantee you God's going to move. And I just want to finish on this. We know we've all been dealt cards at the beginning of our life. We can't choose the cards that we're dealt, but we can choose which cards we surrender. So choose those cards. Surrender those to God. Take those practical steps and watch how powerfully God can move in your life. Because if you invite him, he will. I'm just going to invite Abe up. Thanks, Kelsey. Oh, you did so good. Didn't she do great? Awesome, awesome. Hey, for those of you that don't know, as most of you will, but some... My name's Abraham. It's so good to see you all here tonight. I've been coming here for about a year now. Um, but hey, how are you guys going? Yeah? We're good? You're looking good. Um, who, who had a great Christmas? Yeah? Lots of people. Who's got a good story from Christmas? No one? Surely there's some. Alright, well I've got a good story that happened. Um, so I got a drone for Christmas, right? And... Um, I didn't get the chance to use it until Boxing Day, but last night I took it out after work across the house, uh, across the house, and um, I took it up and I was flying it around. But the wind must have been super strong as it got higher, and it just took it away from me. And I'm looking around, and, and it's just going further and for- further, right towards these bushes, this very dense bushland. And I'm trying to bring it down, but it's just not coming down fast enough. And eventually, I lose sight of it when it reaches the tree line. And I'm thinking, man, this thing's gone forever. I'm never going to see it again. But I run after it and I'm praying because I know there's nothing short of a miracle that can get this back to me. And skip forward about 45 minutes. I'm still looking. I found nothing but some snakes and some trees that have stabbed me when I walk past. And so I call it a day. I'm heading back to mine. And I get inside and my parents are like, no, nah, don't give up. We're going to pray for you. Take your siblings with you. Go back out and look for it. I'm like, all right, fine. So we go out, and literally within five minutes, it was found. So praise God for that, because my dad probably would have beat me if I'd lost his gift. <laughs> but hey, let's, um, let's get into it, because that's not what I'm about to preach. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was a cool story for you all. Um, so my message is about Launchpad. Um, so a Launchpad is what rockets use, and it's kind of what they use to push up of into the sky. It's what helps them reach their target. And what I hope this message does for you guys is be that launch pad into next year. I know probably a lot of you have already heard from God what he wants you to do next year. Some of you are going to stumble your way through and figure it out as you go. But no matter what your situation is, I know that God has a plan for every single one of you. Um, So what I hope this does is launch you into that, launch you into purpose and launch you into everything that God has for you next year. Uh, So let's pray. I love to start off with prayer. Um, Father, thank you so much um, for tonight, Lord. I thank you for every single person that is here tonight, God. I pray that my words would speak directly to their hearts, Father, and that this would be something that launches them into next year so that they can receive every single thing that they have for them. Um, All right. Awesome. Let's get into it. Um, Honestly, I'm a little bit of a nerd, hey. Um, I used to love studying physics back in the day in school. And uh, one of the things I've learned, I got to study about rockets, is that they want to be as lightweight as possible. 
Um, when I was preparing for this, I did a little Google and I found out that 85% of their mass is actually fuel, which means that only 15% of their mass is actually rocket. Um, so, as you can see, they really want to be as light as possible. Um, and the reason for that is so that it can actually reach their target. If they were any heavier, it would take way too much force to get them off the ground. And it's exactly the same with us. If we want to reach our targets, we need to get rid of all the unnecessary weight. Um, here's what God has to say about it in Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So that's pretty cool, hey? Um, so it literally told us how we can do that. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And so what I want to do today is give you three ways in which you can do that. And hence strip off all the weights that are going to hold you back. Um, so my first point is this. And if you guys could say it with me, that would be great. Fly like a bird. Read the word. Awesome. Come on, let's go. Let's go. So, have you noticed that when you're talking to someone, you almost automatically look at them, right? And when you're listening to what they're saying, you look at them. And it's exactly the same with God. God is constantly speaking through his Bible, and he's just waiting for us to pick it up and read it. And it's actually so, so easy to let his word come alive in your life. The way I do it is by just using soap every day. You know, I jump in the shower. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, not that kind of soap. The soap I'm talking about is an acronym, S-O-A-P, uh, and it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Um, so I'll just go through those steps so that you guys can do it yourself when you get home. Um, the first step, Scripture, is simply just reading the Word. Um, you can choose to read as much or as little as you want. It really doesn't matter. Just, just get something that speaks to you. Um, and then write it down when you do that um, so that you can go back to it later and look on it. Um, the next step is observation. And here, what you're trying to do is get a better understanding of what it's actually saying. So you want to ask yourself questions like, what was the context that this was written in? Who was the target audience? Uh, what type of literature is this? So things like that. And the purpose for that is so that you can actually understand what it originally meant to say. Um, the next step, application, is where you apply that truth to your life. And here you want to ask questions about what habits can I change? Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to ask for forgiveness? Uh, do I need to start walking in faith and not fear? Things like that. It really depends on what the scripture actually says, but you want to find a way to walk it out. Um, and the final step is prayer. And simply, you just pray about what you've learned. Um, so normally acknowledging the truth and then asking for help to apply it. Um, and remember to write down all of them so you can look back at it later. It's really going to help you out. Right. My next point. Are you ready? Awesome. Be a spaceship, pray and worship. Do you want to say it? Be a spaceship, pray and worship. Awesome. So good. Um, yeah. Sometimes when you're going through a challenge, it's sometimes really tempting to take your eyes off Jesus. You know, you think, oh, God stopped helping me. He doesn't love me anymore. Things like that. 
But it's just not true. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So that is so good. It says pray about everything. Um, No matter what you go through, pray about it. Give it to God. If you care about it, then he cares about it. That's just the kind of love that he has for you. But the key part of that verse is where it says thank him for all that he has done. In other words, worship him. And the reason for that is because when we do that, it changes the way we look at our problems. We start to see who God is. We see that he's been faithful in the past. And we see the pattern of his character. Um, a quote of a book that I've been reading, it says this, What a difference it would make in our perspective if we didn't look at God through the lens of our circumstances, but looked instead at our circumstances through the lens of who God is. And she then continued to go on about how she starts every single prayer by worshipping God's character. And she starts, she starts by thanking him for what he's done. Before she gets into any of her requests, before she gets into her struggles, her trials, she thanks God. And she says that that has significantly changed the way that she looks at her circumstances. Um, cool. Third point. Be a light as a feather, gather together. I love how I didn't even have to say anything that time. <laughs> That's so good. You guys are awesome. Great crowd. Um, all right. Other people help us to get back on track once we've gotten off it. Um, this year, I've done the Diploma of Leadership at Alpha Christus Bible College, which has been awesome. It's been challenging. It's been a lot of work, but it's been so much fun. And as you can imagine, there's quite a bit of study that has to go through it. You know, I had to focus on the work that I was doing, which was fine until all of the COVID restrictions came in and I had to do it all from home online. And that's when it got hard because I was, I was studying at home and I would get distracted. I'd go make myself some food. I'd go scroll on my phone. You know, sometimes I even found myself staring at the wall in front of me like it was interesting. And, um, and it was just so hard to get back on track once I was off it. And my problem was not that I got distracted. My problem was I had no one there to help me out. Because when I went back to college, I would still get distracted, but then the person next to me could remind me to get back on track, to work on my work. And um, it's the same here. If we were to focus on Jesus, if we want to keep our eyes on him, it would help us so much if we came to a church where everyone else was doing the same thing. You know, we're still going to get distracted. We're still going to take our eyes off him from time to time. But when we see the people around us looking at Jesus... That's when we can be reminded to look at him also. Awesome. So this time last year, I had my own launchpad moment. And it's from that moment that everything changed. You know, I started coming to this church. I started being an intern here. I started helping out with... um, with the hype team, I set up all the chairs and curtains, I started speaking at youth, I started doing heaps of stuff. And it was such a challenge. Every single part of it was such a challenge, but I always came back to that one time at the start where God just spoke to me so clearly. He showed me my life and he showed me all the things that I was trying to do without him. And then he showed me how much easier it would be with him. And and it's so great that Kelsey was talking about surrender today because 
That's exactly what we need to do. We just need to surrender our life to Jesus. You know, my favourite story in the Bible is the story of Abraham. Um, Abraham was this one guy. He, he was just a stranger. He was... <laughs> that's funny, eh? Um, <laughs> Abraham was this one guy. He was about 70 year old, years old and he had no children. And, and he really wanted a son. And God, one day, he came to him and he said, I'm going to give you so many children that they outnumber the stars in the sky. And I can imagine for him, that was his launch pad moment. I can imagine for him, he was, he was overwhelmed, he was happy, he was full of joy because everything he wanted had just been given to him. But then that didn't happen for another 30 years. He made it to 100 years old and he still had no children. And I can imagine that would, be, would have been challenging. I can imagine that it would have been a struggle. And today is no different. You know, even, even if we have our launch pad moment, which is right now, by the way, you're all having your launch pad moment right now. God's calling you into it. But it's going to be a challenge. Next year is going to be tough. There's going to be times when you don't feel like it. But I just want to encourage you guys to persevere. Push through it. Get the blessing that God has because it wasn't until 30 years down the track that God gave Abraham his blessing. Galatians 6 verse 7 to 9 says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. See, God promises blessing. He promises us. He promises us everything we could ever ask for. But it all hangs on that if. If we do not give up. So right now, I want to lead you all in a prayer, just dedicating the next year to God. But let me encourage you to persevere through those tough times. Father God, we just thank you so much for your word which shows us the way to a truly abundant life. But God, we cannot do that on our own. We need your help, Father. So please help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to read your word every single day. Help us to pray and worship. Help us to come to church.